Grace be unto you and peace, peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear fellow believers who have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was taught growing up by my pastor that if you attend church every week during the year, you will have had opportunity to review all the main doctrines or teachings of God's holy word. For example, Christmas, we celebrate the miracle of the virgin birth. When we think of Good Friday, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection from the dead. Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit bringing us to faith, giving power to the church. Many things we can learn and review every time we come into God's house for worship. And you know, if we ever miss a Sunday from worship, that might just be the Sunday we miss hearing the very teaching of God's word that we needed most. I can give you an example. Some years back I was preaching after Easter from Paul's great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, about how God was going to put our bodies back together on the day of the resurrection. And after church that Sunday, a family came tearfully to me, thanking me for sharing that part of God's word because they had been arguing about whether or not mom should be cremated or not. It didn't matter. God has the power to put our bodies back together. And so if we ever miss, we might be missing the very thing that we need to hear. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction to the service, this the Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord is a Sunday when we focus on our Savior's baptism. And today we have a chance to review what that meant for our Savior and for us, and then also what our baptism means and its importance for our life now and our life to come. And we're going to do that by taking a look at the last couple of verses of that second lesson from the book of Acts and be reminded of this, that, that just as Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit in his baptism, so too you, you have been set apart by the Holy Spirit in your baptism too. Let's review the context of what was going on. Peter was in the town of Joppa on the roof of a house. He was getting hungry, and so while he was waiting for a meal to be prepared, God gave him a vision from heaven. A big white sheet coming down like someone was holding the four corners, and inside were all kinds of animals. And God told Peter, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter wouldn't, because he said that some of those animals had been declared unclean for Jews to eat. And then God said, don't you dare call something unclean that I have made clean. And that happened three times. And then while Peter was waiting for the food and wondering what that, that vision meant, someone from Caesarea, a centurion, sent an invitation for Peter to come and visit. Now ordinarily, Peter wouldn't go to the house of a Gentile either because that was forbidden of the Jews. That would make them unclean. But when Peter got to Cornelius' house, and heard about Cornelius' faith and his prayers and, and his generosity to the poor, Peter then learned an important epiphany truth. That's why he said, now I know that God does not show favoritism, which simply means now I know 
that Jesus came to save all people regardless of their race or their nationality. And we're all saved the same way through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. And then, after Peter announced that epiphany truth, he went on, you could say, to preach a sermon. And part of that sermon is our second lesson. I'm going to pick it up at verse 37. Peter said to Cornelius and all those in his home, You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Now we don't know much about Jesus' early life before this. We know about his birth in Bethlehem. We know about the visit of the shepherds and the wise men. We know about his presentation in the temple, his circumcision. We know about his escape to Egypt and his growing up in Nazareth. His visit to the temple as a 12-year-old boy on his first Passover. Other than that, we don't know much about Jesus' early years. And then all of a sudden, he appears on the scene on the banks of the Jordan River. And he's baptized by John. When that happened, we are told that the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and lighted on him. And God the Father spoke from heaven saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now why did that happen? Well, it happened because God promised that it would happen. We heard that in the Old Testament lesson from Isaiah that God said the one he chose to be our Savior would be the one upon whom he would pour his Spirit. And John himself gave testimony that Jesus' baptism was God's way of saying to people, this is the one whom I have set apart to redeem the world. Listen to what John said in the Gospel. He said, I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I have testified that this is the Son of God. So what does Jesus' baptism mean for us? Well, first of all, it was a sign of identification. That in his baptism, by the settling of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God the Father, God was telling people, this is my chosen one. This is the one that I sent to be the Savior of all the world. That's what the Epiphany season is all about. That by his miracles and by his preaching, Jesus proved that he's the one who was to come, the anointed. And that already started at his baptism. So ever, if you have doubts about who your Savior is, look at Jesus' baptism. And there be assured that he's the one whom God chose to be your redeemer. But there's more to this baptism than just identification. In his baptism, Jesus was also winning our salvation. When John wanted to object and say, Jesus, I should be baptized by you. Jesus said, I'm doing this to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness, doing everything right? Does God demand of us that we love all? 
Does God demand that we honor our parents, that we honor the estate of marriage, that we do not steal, that we do not tell lies about others, that we, that we do not covet? Yeah, God demands that of us, but we couldn't do that perfectly. But Jesus, as our substitute, did that for us. And does God demand that sinners give an account for their sins and that they suffer the punishment they deserve because of his just anger over sin? Yes. But Jesus, as our substitute, did that for us too when he died on the cross. Did God command at the time that all his people be baptized by John? Yes. And so Jesus obeyed that command too. In other words, by his perfect life, Jesus was winning our salvation. So you can rightly say that in his baptism, he was baptized not because he needed forgiveness, but because you and I needed forgiveness. In his baptism, he was identified as the Redeemer, and through his baptism, he was winning our salvation. What a great comfort that is. Anointed by the Spirit. But now, how does that tie in with, with our baptism? You see, in his baptism, God was identifying Jesus as the Redeemer. And in our baptism, God identifies us as the redeemed. So, so what's our baptism all about? Some would say it's just a ceremony. Some would say it's, it's, it's an act of obedience on our part. We're doing something for God. Some say it's just something uh, how parents can dedicate their children to God. There's a lot of different ideas out there. But let's remember that baptism isn't about anything that we do. Baptism is and only is about what God does for us through that washing with water through the Word. You learn these truths. Let's hear some of the Bible passages from the Bible where God teaches us about what baptism is. All of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. What does it mean to be clothed with Christ? Well, in baptism, God gives us his Holy Spirit, and, and that Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts, and by that faith, God clothes us in Christ's righteousness not our own in him we have the righteousness we need for heaven Paul also writes in Romans don't you know that all of you who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father we too may live a new life what does it mean to be baptized into his death well, we know why Christ died. He died for our sins. And through baptism, God the Holy Spirit connects us to Christ and his death. He was such a perfect substitute for us that we can rightly say that when Jesus died to sin, we died to sin too. And just as Jesus came out of the grave to the glory of the Father, he was completely done with sin and its effects. Baptism empowers us now daily to arise and to be done with sin, to put away sin in our daily lives. And then Peter in his Pentecost sermon said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. When we are baptized, God pours out his Spirit on us. And the Spirit brings to us the gift, the gift of faith, and through that faith, the gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins. What a blessing that is. And that Peter also writes, he says, by baptism, God saved you. Not the washing of dirt from the body, but the pledge, the promise of God that your conscience is clean. You've been washed from your sins. It saves us by the power of the resurrection. What a blessing. In baptism, God poured out his spirit on you. In baptism, God washed away all of your sins. In baptism, God identified you as one of his redeemed. But there's so much more. In our baptism, God not only made us one of his children, in baptism, even today, God gives us comfort and God gives us strength. You know, I don't know when you were baptized. I, I was baptized before I was a month old at a time when someone could still carry me to the baptismal font. I don't know when you were baptized, but, but think of what happened when we were baptized. Someone carried us to the baptismal font. I often say that baptism is kind of a, a visible reminder of God's saving grace, that he does it all. You were carried to the baptismal font. You had nothing to do with it. And then someone poured water on your head in the name of the triune God. You had nothing to do with that. And through that sacrament, water, and the word, the Holy Spirit came upon you, put faith in your heart, and by that faith you received the blessings of salvation. You and I had nothing to do with that. It was all God's doing. And think of what happened. Pretty much the same things that, that happened at Jesus' baptism. In a way, you could say on the day we were baptized, God opened heaven for us. On the day we were baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon us. And in our baptism, God was saying publicly to the world and to the devil, this one belongs to me. This is my son. This is my daughter whom I love. With them I am well pleased. And why is God pleased with you? It's not because of anything you and I could do. He's pleased with us for the sake of Christ. What a blessing. Baptism. Jesus was baptized because we needed to be saved. And in baptism, he brings us that gift of salvation. And if anyone has any concerns or ever has any doubts about the power of baptism, talk to a parent. Talk to a parent after their child has been baptized and the relief there is in knowing that child is saved. And talk to a parent whose child has died and what baptism, the comfort it gives. And I just want to share with you, a little over three weeks ago, I had the privilege of baptizing a woman on her deathbed. What comfort I was able to offer the family at her funeral by reminding them of the faith she confessed and that sacrament of baptism by which God gave her those blessings to her.
So, how good it was for us to be here in God's house again today. Today we heard again the saving truths about Jesus' baptism. Today we're reminded again of the blessings of our baptism. So my hope and prayer is that as you leave today, you continually rejoice and share this saving truth with all. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Amen.